God. Turn your name and say, neighbor, there's more miracles where that came from. Thank you so much. This is exciting. Job chapter 1, verse 20, sorry, Job chapter 1, verse 6 through 12. Ephesians chapter 2. Reading from the New Living Translation, one day the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord, and the accuser, Satan, came with them. Verse 7, where have you come from? The Lord asked Satan, Satan's name means opponent, answered the Lord, I have been, Satan answered the Lord and said, I have been patrolling, I've been trolling. I've been trolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. Everything that's going on. He watched you dance. He's watching everything that's going on. Then the Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? He's the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. Satan replied to the Lord, yes, but Job has good reason to fear God. You've always put a wall of protection around him and his home and his property. You have made him prosper in everything he does. Look how rich he is. But reach out and take every, any, take away everything he has and he will surely curse you to your face. All right. You may test him. Turn to somebody and say, it's only a test. It's only a test. You may test him, the Lord said to Satan. Do whatever you want with everything he possesses, but don't harm him physically. So Satan left the the Lord's presence. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 is the ESV version. Verse 9 is the message version. And verse 10 is the NLT version. Verse 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift that is a gift from God. Verse 9, we don't play the major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we did, that we've done the whole thing. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does the making and God does the saving. Verse 10, for we are God's masterpiece. Could you tell somebody you're God's masterpiece? Now, everybody didn't do it, so tell somebody, you're God's masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. We have, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 8, verse 11. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. So he, we can do the good things he planned for us long 
ago, long ago. The, the, the title of my sermon is Masterpiece Theater. <laughs> Masterpiece Theater. You are Masterpiece Theater. The word masterpiece comes from two, uh, uh, well, the word master comes from two, um, or masterpiece rather, comes from two Latin words, magnum opus, which means, magnum means the greatest, and opus from which we get our word operation, it means work. So masterpiece means the greatest work, and theater means, it's a Greek word, means a place to behold our view. So masterpiece theater means a place to view the greatest work. <laughs> you are theater. You are a story. And you are the greatest place to view the greatest work. Oh my. We, we've been uh, sharing on the four divisions uh, when it comes to the doctrine of God. And uh, we say God exists. We talked about the attributes of God. That is, he is immutable. He does not change. Uh, last week, uh, Pastor, Dr. Reverend Jeff Bonison spoke on the Trinity. And today I want to talk to you about the sovereignty of God. And this is so... This is so transforming that though I could do it in one sermon, I'm going to do it in two because I want, I want it to marinate in you because God is about to, no, I take that back. God is already doing some things in your life, but he's going to start manifesting a little bit more. And what we experience over the last couple of weeks and even to this morning with regards to uh, 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 Sister Ruth, we have not seen anything yet. Amen. Do you believe that? We haven't seen anything yet. I mean, Jubilee, we're going to be saying Jubilee every hour. Anybody want to receive that? I mean, every hour. I mean, every hour. Every hour. The word sovereign, uh, actually, when it comes to the sovereignty of God in the book, 30 Days of Understanding the Bible, it says God, uh, Max Anders says, God is all powerful and has the ability to do whatever he wills. He, he has the ability to do whatever he has determined. Whatever he's thought of, he has the ability to do. Romans chapter 11, verse 36 in the voice version says this, for all that exists originates in God comes through God and is moving toward God so that God gets the credit forever. Amen. So, so not only does things originate in God, but everything is moving in God's direction. Turn somebody say, get with the move. <laughs> Romans chapter, sorry, Ephesians chapter one, verse 11 says in Christ, in Christ, we were also chosen, having been predestinated according to the plan. There's that plan again, Jeremiah 29 verse 11, of God who works everything. He works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his own will. The word sovereign comes from two words, super and regnum, from which you get our English word reign. 
The word uh, 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 super means over or above or more than. So superman is more than man. The word reign means to rule, to control, dominate, sway, hold sway, uh, king, direction, to keep on the proper course. Again, the course. What's the course? Jeremiah 29 verse 11. So when you talk about God is sovereign, what you're saying is God rules from above. God controls from above. God dominates from above. That's why when we say, we, when we pray the Lord's prayer, we don't say our father who art in heaven. Sorry. We don't say our father period. We say our father who's in heaven, meaning that he rules from above. He holds sway from above. He is directing from above. He is keeping us on the proper course from above. He is sovereign. He's not, he's not only keeping us on the proper course from above. He's keeping everything that's attached to us on the proper course. So there's nothing that happens to you by accident as long as you're in him. And that's why we have the ability to, Paul says in First Thessalonians chapter 5, I think it's verse 16, 18. He says, in everything, give thanks because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Why should I give thanks in everything? Because nothing happens to me by accident because he from above is controlling everything attached to me. He will even make my enemies bless me. Mm. So the principle of God's sovereignty is this. God allows things to happen. God allows. The word allow means to permit. God gives things a permit to do what they do in our lives. The word permit, per Mission, per means through, and mission means send. So there's some things that God says, you know what? I'm just going to allow you to go through. I'm going to give you permission. I'm going to send you through. And I'm so bad that I can make even the worst things to work together for my benefit. And how many of you remember, now this, this is old school, how many of you remember old time Bozo? <laughs> old time Bozo. And you remember at the end of the show, he used to take your name. He said, what's your name? My name is Julie. And you would write Julie and he would make a picture. Any, anybody remember? Oh, yeah, that's about three of you. The uh, rest of you probably not admitting it. But he would take, he would take a name. No matter what your name was, and he would draw a lion, a tiger, or an elephant. He just had the ability to take whatever name he was given and make something creative of it. And my point is that God will take any situation and make it a masterpiece. And I believe what God does is he, he, God is one of those people that says, you know what? I want to take the worst looking messed up situation and and turn it so that jaws drop and say that had to be God. 
Now, God allows things to happen, but he understands as we, as, like some of you are like, you're saying to yourselves, you know, if the doctor told me I was going to die uh, as soon as I got there, if I didn't have an operation, I I would have had an operation. Okay? Anybody track with me so far? And some of you, and I know in your mind you're like, you know, you you know, you 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 gotta you, you gotta uh, use wisdom. And I don't know if Bishop should have allowed her to say that because some some people may you know run off with that and die and and so you I know how your mind is working. Okay, but this is here's the problem. Watch this. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. You got to listen to me. Here's the problem. You cannot get into somebody else's situation. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. You can't get into somebody else's situation without their grace. You, you need to understand this. There is a grace that gave her the faith to do and say what she said. That's why I could sit. No, I say stuff and people say, I, I could have never done that. That's because you didn't have my grace. My pastor, Jonathan Del Turcos, taught me years ago. He said, don't try to get into somebody else's situation without their grace. Well, this is a good word right here. Give me five right here. Because see, see, right now, some of you, the reason why you're stressed out, this is a deep word right now. I'm going to come down. The reason why you're stressed out is because you're trying to deal with tomorrow's problems with today's grace. And so God's like, you know what? I haven't given you grace for tomorrow because tomorrow hasn't come yet. So because you don't have grace for tomorrow's problem, that's why you're going to stress yourself out to a ulcer. Because you're worried about something that I haven't given you grace for. When tomorrow comes, you'll have grace to deal with what I will allow you to encounter tomorrow. And you're going to have to have faith that you have grace for tomorrow's problems. Have you ever, watch this, this is deep. Have you ever looked back at something that you did and said, that was crazy? I'm talking about like, like you believe God for something and you look back and you said, that was crazy. Every time I think of the fact that I left my job as a budget, budget analyst at Cambridge Hospital with a daughter with sickle cell and trusted God to give me health insurance because the church didn't give me health insurance. When I look back now, I said, that was crazy. Because, and what God says is this, is that you don't have grace for tomorrow and you don't have grace for yesterday. So you'll look back on yesterday, that was crazy. You're my, why aren't you talking me out of that? Because Yesterday's grace, turn your name and say, neighbor, neighbor. Grace, grace has an expiration date. It's only for today. 
So whatever God allows you in your life, guess what? He's giving you sustaining grace for today. This is a bad word. And you may say, uh, I don't believe in that. See, because it's not working for me. You know why it's not working for you? I'm going to tell you why it's not working for you. Because where do you buy cars? This is not, this is not a deep question. Where do you buy cars? Where do you get food? Thank you very much. Where do you, um, I don't know. Where do you get television, TVs? Okay. Where do you get grace? Where do you get grace? Where do you get grace? The grace store. Where's the grace store? The throne of grace. The throne of grace. The throne of grace. The reason why you don't have grace is because you don't spend enough time in the store of grace. Your prayer life is so weak that you don't have enough grace to get through the day. And so with your graceless self, you're looking at, I would never do that. That's crazy. That's because you haven't spent time in the presence of the grace store and say, don't keep loading me up because I know what I have to deal with. Oh, this grace to sustain you. And then here's the other thing. Don't brag about your grace. Well, I had faith to get healing and I have faith. Let me tell you something. When God removes grace, some of you all are taking credit for going through stuff when God says, that was my strength, not yours. And every once in a while, God said, got to remind us, remember when I didn't grace you with sustaining grace? You were in the fetal position. You, you couldn't even, you didn't have enough faith to kill an ant. There is grace. I know people looking at us and say, you know, my wife and I hear it all the time. So are you going to sell, you know, are you going to sell 77? No, we're not. And my attitude is you don't have the grace to have faith for two buildings. Now, the beauty of this, the beauty of this is that most of us have not even tapped into our grace capacity. Because of fear. So let me get to this point. Job's name in, uh, Job is also, I believe, a Persian name. And it means to repent. His name means to repent. Now, you need to understand when the Bible talks about repentance, it's not simply, it's not confined to turning away from sin. The word repent is a Greek word, of course, with obviously in the Hebrew now, but in the Greek, the word repent uh, means to change the way you think. Are you following me? Change the way you think. So we got to listen to, of all the sermons that could be preached in the New Testament, the New Testament, you the New Testament. So something new, something fresh is about to happen. And the message is this, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is Matthew 3, verse 2. John is thrown into jail. He's the one who preached it. And Jesus picks up the same message. And John and Matthew 4, verse 17, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, heaven's resources are within your reach, 
but you're going to have to change the way you think to access them. For example, I was talking to a young man and, and I said to him that the economy of Japan is run by the yen. The economy of the United States is run by the what? Dollar. The economy of the kingdom is run by faith. The more yen you have, the more you can purchase in Japan. The more dollars you have, the more you can purchase in the United States and around the world. The more faith you have, the more you can purchase in the kingdom. Little faith, little stuff. Little breakthrough. Big faith, big breakthrough. And Romans chapter 12, I think it's either somewhere between verse 3 and verse 10, it says God has given everybody a measure of faith. In other words, you have enough faith to start with. So my point is, is that if things aren't happening in your life, you got to look at two things. Number one, have you been spending time at the throne of grace? Hebrews chapter 4, verses 16, verse 16. Have you been spending much time at the throne of grace? Secondly, have you enough time in the word? Because the Bible says that in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, that faith comes from the word. And this is, this is not rocket science. Meaning that if those two times are little, then your, then your capacity for what God has for you is going to be little. It's quiet in here. So let me close with this point. So Job starts out basically saying, I need, throughout the whole text, it's like, I didn't do anything. Why has this happened? Give me an explanation. And throughout, I mean, throughout the whole, the last chapter, after God puts Job on blast, after God basically tells Job, who do you think you are? I don't owe you an explanation. And no, this is deep. This is deep. We know what happened to Job. He lost everything. Isn't it interesting? Watch this, folks. God never explains to Job why he went through what he went through. He tells us. He never tells Job. He never tells Job. And Job, these are Job's words. Job chapter 42. Then Job answered the Lord, I know that you can do all things, you're sovereign, and that no purpose of yours is throtted. New Living Translation, verse 3. God asked, who is this who questions my wisdom with such ignorance? Job responded, it is I. And I was talking about things I knew nothing about. Things far too wonderful for me are that is too... Things too far above my pay grade. God says, here and I will speak and I will question you and you will make it known to me. Job says, I heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but my not, but, but now my eyes see you. Therefore, I despise myself and I repent. I repent. I repent. Let me. I want to tell you a story about grace. If you could hold these. 
I want to tell you the story of the ping pong balls. Anybody want to? I'm not waking us. I got to hit it harder. Okay. There you go. There you go. Let me close with this and I have to let the Sunday school students go. I got this call from a friend of mine and I could tell by his tone he was, he, he, he was in shock. His, he so despised his father that even when he texted me to tell me the story, he called him my seed bearer. Didn't even call him father. Basically, the only thing you contributed to me is seed. I remember him saying to me, I watched everything my dad did, and to be a good father, I did the opposite. That's all he taught me. So he calls me shocked because at somewhere between the ages of 18 and 19, he moves into his dad's apartment because he has no place to live, his dad's house, and his dad puts him in the attic. Puts him in the attic. His dad has another tenant. Now, he's in the attic. The tenant has three bedrooms and two bathrooms. And the dad is so, I don't know what the word is, so honorary that he makes his son pay three, almost four times the amount in rent for living in the attic than the tenant. I mean, this is the kind of relationship. On top of that, his dad was a renowned, I guess, ping ten, uh, table tennis player and made him play table tennis with him for five straight years just for the joy of beating the life out of him. I mean, this, this is his dad. So you can imagine the, the, the anger. So, he decided, I'm going to get good at table tennis. And when he started beating his dad, his dad says, I'm not playing you anymore. So for years, he's like, God, I didn't even want to play table tennis. And why did you allow my father to just ruthlessly just beat me and beat me and beat me and Finally, at this point, why did you allow this to happen? I hate this man. So now fast forward, he's almost 50 years old. He's trying to get notice. He's about to actually, he's about to probably get let go because people are sabotaging his work. And, and he's, you know, he's you know, one of the, the top computer analysts on his job, but people are messing around with him, people are getting jealous, and he feels like, I'm on my way out, I'm trying to get noticed by the, the, the higher-ups, the CEO, etc. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the company decides that they're going to have a table tennis tournament and they're going to 
they divided the company up into divisions. So the fiscal division is against the IT, the IT, and they discover that he is the baddest tennis, table tennis player in the comp, in his division. So his boss's boss, his boss comes to him and says, wow, you're great. He's been trying to meet this guy. And then the, the chief technology officer is now meeting this guy. And all of a sudden he is the greatest thing since sliced bread in the entire division because, not because of his skill, but because of table tennis, which his father made him do. And what stunned him was that God has the ability to reach into your past. The things that you hated him, the things that you said, God, why did this happen to me? The things that you said, God, you know, if you really love me, you would have caused me to, to, to not, to not go through that. And God says, because I am the master, I can take a mess. I can go into your past, grab your past, bring it to your present and make it help you so that you can say, you know what? Only God can pull that off. I might as well give him the praise. Why don't you stand up and give him praise and we'll let the Sunday school students and teachers go. Come on, you can keep praising him because I'm telling you folks, I'm telling you, God is going to do things to the praise and the glory of his grace. I remember I gave this ridiculous offering to my wife and I when we were remodeling this, 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 this church. And the Lord told us to give this ridiculous offering to the Lord and we did it. We did it. We just said, okay, God, we did it. On my job, for at least five years, they used to have what they call a bonus, meaning that if you work there for five years, you get $500 every Christmas, 10 years, you get $1,000. And so I remember I asked them, I said, uh, do I get a bonus now? It's 1987. Uh, do I get a bonus? And they said, no, uh, they cut off the program and you didn't have enough years in. So I didn't even ask anymore. I didn't even ask anymore. All of a sudden, one day, somebody from personnel in at City Hall, I'm working at the hospital, they said, uh, they we were just talking also and said, Oh, what a, by the way, Brian, don't you get a don't you get a bonus? I said, No, they told me I don't get a bonus because I haven't been here long enough. Watch God, watch God. They she said, But I remembered when you worked here in high school and college. I said, yeah, but that's part. I said, she said, no, I think if you add up those years, I think it's going to push you over the threshold. I said, I, now I'm arguing with her. Like, I, I know this. No, I asked before. She said, let me check. When she came back, she said, Brian, not only do we owe you for this year, but we owe you for the previous years. So, this Christmas, expect a check for 7500 God 
will reach back into your past. Use something in your past to bless you in your... He allowed everything that he's allowed. Every sickness, every hurt, every pain. You're saying, God, why did you allow... God says, I am going to use this to the glory of my grace because I'm sovereign. I have the ability to do, to turn... I can turn anything and make it work for my good and for my purpose. But, but... Mm. And this is the final point. If my friend is not in Christ, all this is, is a ping pong racket. A, 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 a table tennis paddle. But in Christ, it turns from a table tennis racket paddle to the purpose of God. God could take a table tennis paddle and say watch me use this to bless you that's masterful god could take an old shirt that you had way in the closet i mean in the basement he could take that and use it to bless you you have no idea but you got to get in a place where you say god Whatever you allow in my life, I'm going to give you praise. I'm going to stop talking about how I was raised, how I didn't have my father, how my marriage break. And I'm going to say, God, I give you praise because you're sovereign. The more I praise you and things that are going against me, the more I'm telling the devil that you're not in control. God is in control. God is in control. God is in control. And when you start, Complaining, you're saying to the devil, you're in control. Even a closed door is a blessing from God. He's sovereign. He's sovereign. Some of you are just upset about how did I miss certain opportunities. I want to let you know that God allow you to miss the opportunity because if you will praise him, if you go back to the throne of grace, he has the ability to make the missed opportunity something greater. I want you right now, if you would put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you or take them by the hand. And it's one thing that Sister Ruth said. And that is because this place is an atmosphere of prayer. And I'm talking about prayer long before I even came on the scene. So there are generations of prayer. Are you hearing me, folks? As I said before, if you've ever been in a home where people smoke cigarettes for 30 years, everything smells like cigarette smoke. I want to let you know that this is a house that prayer has been going on for 60, 70 years. Therefore, the smoke of the glory of the Lord is in this place. This is fertile ground for a miracle. So the devil right now, he's going to mess with you because he knows there's a miracle on your on the way to reaching you. And God is even right now taking mess and creating it into a masterpiece so that only he will get the glory. Thank you, Jesus.
they say about a good coach, a real good coach is that this, this is the sign of a real good coach. He can beat you with your team, with his team, and then switch teams and beat you with your team. And that's what God does. God can bless you when things are favorable. He can bless you when things are against you. In other words, he can bless, he can beat the devil with his team and then take the devil's attacks and, and still bless you. I want you to pray right now for the person next to you and just pray to, that they would have the grace to allow God to do what he is doing. Come on, folks. Philippians chapter one, verse six, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will perform it. Stop lamenting of on doors that have been closed. Stop lamenting of opportunities you've missed. Stop bemoaning the way you were raised. Why did this happen to me? God understands the pain. God understands the disappointment. God understands the regret. But he has sent this word to let you know that he is sovereign. He is in control over everything. And just like my friend, if he can take a ping pong paddle, a paddle that reminded him of the pain of his father forcing him to play table tennis. And God could use that 30 years later and say, I'm going to take the thing that caused you so much pain and I'm going to use it to bless you. I'm going to use it so that you can see the glory of my grace that I have the ability to go into your past do oh yes I do but I need you I need you to to declare me sovereign thank you Holy Spirit thank you Holy Spirit Hallelujah, Jesus. The greatest thing we can do now, we just pray for each other. The greatest thing we can do now to express that God is sovereign is to, is to worship him, is to praise him. Praise lets God know that you believe that he's sovereign. That's why when Paul and Silas were in jail and the soldiers basically said, we have control over you. The Bible says at midnight they begin to praise God because their attitude is God. If we're to stay in this prison, that means you sovereignly allowed it. And if we get out of this prison, you and your sovereignty will bring us out. 
So whether what we want to happen happens or what we want to happen doesn't happen, we're still going to praise you because we know that you love us so much that you're allowing to happen into our lives what's best for your plan and for me. So I'm going to give you praise. I'm going to give you the praise. Hallelujah. You deserve the glory and the honor. Come on, praise team. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we lift your holy name. Tell the Lord, you deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we lift your whole. Tell the Lord, you are great, for you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. For you are great, you do miracles so great, there is no one else like you, there is no one else like you. Sometimes we become too dependent on people praying for us on being anointed with oil. I'm not saying anything is wrong with those things. But if we would establish within our lives and within our homes the discipline of giving God all the glory. Giving him the fruit of our lips. I really believe that the key to many of our breakthrough is if we would establish in our homes Houses of praise. Houses of worship. I believe that if we would go on our jobs or the place where hell is more manif- most manifested and we would begin to praise God, we would begin to glorify God. I really believe that God will step in and tell and, and shut everything down saying the sovereign king is here. I rule I reign, and there's nothing that can stop the counsel of my own will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. But Bishop, you don't know what I'm going through. That's why you got to praise God. Because you need God to step into your situation. Oh, we honor you, Jesus. The Bible says that Jehoshaphat was outnumbered. And he said, let's go into battle. And what we're going to do, we're going to praise the beauty of the Lord. This is Second Chronicles chapter 20. And the Bible says, read it for yourself, that when they began to praise the Lord, the Bible says the Lord set the ambush. He will fight your battles, but you got to praise him for what he's allowed in your life. Come on. You are great. You do miracles. Ah, you know the song. There is no one else 
like you there is no one else like you for you are great you do miracles so great there is no one else like you there is no one else like you one more time you deserve the glory you deserve the glory you sound good this morning and the honor we love you jesus lord we lift our hands in worship wow you sound good pt you deserve the glory wow what beautiful voices to the lord the honor lord we lift our hands in worship as we were let the devil know he is great for you are great you do oh what a masterpiece there is no one else like you there is no one else like you for you are great you do miracles so great there is no one else like you there is no like you by the grace of God um, yesterday uh, my dad came home from the hospital but I, I remember um, it was it was during the week of Palm Sunday uh, the hospital called up and said we're sending your dad to rehab and and almost they didn't even ask us it was like they were shipping him to a place like he was some FedEx package and I was furious I was I was so angry it's been a long time have you have you ever gotten so angry that you said to yourself I didn't know I could still get that angry can I get a witness I mean I was angry so I had a rush to the place where they were sending him because I remember the last time they sent him to a place and this place was so horrible uh, and and I'm I'm angry and I get there and when I get there the place is beautiful and the people were fantastic and my mother and I we went back to the hospital to the hospital and we really wanted our pound of flesh. Can I get a witness? So there's part of me wanting a pound of flesh, but another part of me saying, God, you allowed this to happen, and look what you did without my permission. And have you ever gotten so angry that even though it ended up the right way, because it ended up, because of the process by which you got there, you you were about to undo your blessing just because you wanted to, so I basically, we were basically going to say to keep him in the hospital another night. How dare you tell us what to do? And the Lord said to me, 
You do that and your dad loses his bed, then it's on you. So I had to calm myself down and allow God to do what he's doing. Turn your name and say, neighbor, you better calm yourself down and let the Holy Ghost work. Okay, some of you want to give people your mind, peace of your mind. You want to turn. God said, calm yourself down. I have it every, under control. For you are great, oh Lord. You do miracles, so this is for you. There's no one else like you. Uh, some of you need to get this out of your spirit. There is no You are great. Tell the Lord he does miracles. Miracles so great. There is no one else like you. Tell the Lord. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. One more time. There is no like you. Shout to the Lord. Ah, this is good. Shout to the Lord. Oh, the best thing you can do is teach your children. Teach your children how to praise Him. Let your house be a house of praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Father, we thank you for your word and thank you for your grace. Thank you, Lord, that you allow things to touch our lives. But the beauty of it is that the same hands that have allowed things to come into our lives are the same hands that will uphold us with your grace. Lord, forgive us for bragging about how we were able to go through things when the only reason we could have gone through what we've gone through is because of your sustaining grace. The writer in Ephesians, the Apostle Paul, has basically said no one gets to break. We are your masterpiece. I pray, Father, this week that I'm not sure what people are, are going through, but I am asking you, Lord, that we would remember this message that you are sovereign, that you have everything under, not control, under your control. And when we allow complaining and murmuring to come out of our lives, what we're basically saying, it's out of your control. The devil is a liar. So, Lord, I, I really believe that this is going to be a game changer, that when stuff happens... Instead of our reaction to be complaining and to, to, to try to figure it out, that we would just give you praise. And we would just honor you. And so, Lord, we, we bless you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name.